everyone. Welcome to episode two of the Leading Safely podcast. Today, you have me as your special guest. Well, what I mean is today it's just me speaking to you again, just like old times. Short and sharp. And this episode is all about jargon. Yes, all the acronyms and terminology and words, really, that just get thrown around. We'll take a look at some common terms, some not so common ones, and everything in between that's related to health and safety. From what I've experienced, jargon is used in a variety of industries to communicate specific concepts and ideas in a concise and efficient manner among people who are familiar with that industry or field. I think it can also be used to convey technical information in a way that is easily understood by those that have a specialized knowledge in that specific area. I think that using jargon sometimes can help to establish a sense of professional identity and to indicate membership in a particular community or a profession. I know when I'm training, if I have a student who works in a field I'm not familiar with, it automatically makes everything they say sometimes sound like jargon. And I will always ask for examples or scenarios that they provide to be further explained. For me, one of the worst industries for jargon and acronyms was the mining industry. You're on a 45 kilometre long mine site and the SSE walks past whilst the OCE is doing his checks. You have dongers and haul trucks and dumps and roms, loadouts and dozers and drag lines and diggers and buckets and GET and wash plant. And that's without talking about mine records or training schemes or racks or slams or JHAs or anything else remotely health and safety related. The other thing is when I first started all those moons ago, the inductions weren't like they are now. The standard 11, which is the mandatory surface coal mining general induction in Queensland back then, was called the generic induction. And it was very much a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am kind of thing. Here's a gazillion documents, read them, answer a test and you're done. Now, I'm actually still a qualified trainer or assessor for the standard 11. It's two full on days. There's a first aid component and you actually have to put a fire out. You learn how to complete a JHA and a take five. And when I train you, you learn everything about everything else in between, like terminology, what to expect on your first day on a mine site, what to do and what not to do. And of course, so much more. Now let's get back and have a look at what I've just said and pull out some of those terms. An induction, obviously, we're not talking about ovens or cooktops. Inductions are those lovely sessions where fantastic trainers like myself will provide critical information to you about the company or the site. Normally, this would include things like information, rules, the main risks and things to look out for. JHA, now this is one of those awesome acronyms and names of something that can change depending on the site you're working for or even on the company. They might also be known as a JSA, a JSEA, and I know for a fact there are definitely other names for this one. JHA stands for Job Hazard Analysis, and it is a tool used across a variety of industries to help workers jot down the steps to completing a particular job or task. And then for each step in the process, you identify the hazards that might be present, any existing controls, any additional controls you might need to minimize the risk to a LARP, as well as who is responsible for enacting those additional controls. Whilst working for one of the largest gold mines in the Southern Hemisphere, I developed and facilitated our general site induction, 
that every person coming to site was required to attend. If you can't tell already, I'm a bubbly, outgoing person, and that always reflects through in the way I facilitate training. Anyway, learning how to complete a JHA was part of our induction process, and I remember having fun with this one big, burly driller. Throughout the induction, he was like the naughty kid in the classroom. Always had plenty of smart remarks, plenty of testing to see if I knew my stuff, and plenty of banter, which I could tell was still all coming through in good nature. So, when he started to work on his JHA, I could see that he was deep in thought. I walked past behind his chair and read over his shoulder. He had listed hazardous manual tasks as a hazard. And then as a control, he'd also listed two-man lift. So I said, hey mate, I'm all for effective controls for lifting stuff, especially in your role but you're gonna to have to ensure you show gender equality. He's like, what do you mean? I take a breath and I seriously say, you need to write two person lift. It's not just men that can lift things, women can too. He looked absolutely mortified. It was hilarious and sad all in the same go. So I start laughing and tell him that I couldn't care less about whether he wrote two men, two women, etc lift and that I was just playing with him. He thought it was great and kind of pulled himself into line for the remainder of the induction session. While we're here, let's talk about what I literally just said, a LARP, as low as reasonably practical, which you will hear interchange with a LARA, which is as low as reasonably achievable. This to me basically means the control or whatever it is that you're looking at is within reason, as in to implement XYZ is actually physically possible. It won't send the business broke due to its cost. It won't create a gazillion other risks. It won't logistically take 12 years to be implemented and it does what it says it will do. It's relevant for that specific hazard or risk and controls and manages or minimizes that risk. That then brings me on to one of my pet peeves and that is when the word hazard is interchanged with the word risk as if they are the same thing. They aren't. If you don't see things that way, I'm okay with that. However, for me, a hazard is basically a source of energy or something that has the potential to cause harm to a person, a thing, or the environment. Whereas risk is the potential consequence of that hazard not being managed, as in what could happen to the person, the thing, or the environment. So a risk would be a laceration, a broken bone, a fire, a spill, that kind of thing. The other thing that sometimes does irk me is when you ask what the hazard is in a particular situation and the answer is the consequence of the hazard. So when I see things like slips, trips and falls being listed as a hazard, it makes me a little bit grumpy because that is a consequence of a hazard like uneven ground surfaces. Right, so consequence, the outcome of an uncontrolled hazard or an unmanaged risk or the outcome of an event. An event is the more modern and forward-thinking version of the word incident. So for me, using the word event instead of incident helps to shift the focus from blame and fault to learning and improvement. I find the word incident often implies that something has gone wrong and that someone is at fault which obviously can lead to a defensive attitude and a reluctance to report and learn from those incidents. 
I also think the word event is much more of a neutral term that does not assign blame and allows for a more open and constructive approach to understanding what has happened and how to prevent similar events in the future. For me, using the word event also emphasises that safety is actually an ongoing process and not a one-time thing. Instead of viewing safety as a series of isolated incidents, it's seen as a continuous journey where there are always opportunities for improvement. This approach encourages organisations to continuously identify and assess risks, implement control measures and evaluate their effectiveness in order to improve their overall safety performance. A couple of other terms I think are important to know about are hop. And this doesn't refer to what a bunny does or what you do on one leg. Hop is human and organizational performance and has five fantastic principles that are the foundations of the mindset philosophy. There are some great organizations offering learning in this space, including Southpac International. So I'll shout out to my friends Andy Sean and Adrian Thompson at Southpac and watch this space as well as Andy and Adrian are special guests on an upcoming episode. Another key term and acronym floating around in the health and safety space is HRO or High Reliability Organisations. My friend Sean Brady, who featured as a special guest in season one, spoke about this topic. Sean has been talking about HROs and trying to get the mining industry to move along in their safety journey towards less fatalities by embracing HRO principles for quite some time now. However, as you can imagine, the road ahead is not an easy one. The other very common philosophies or schools of thinking in the health and safety space are safety one and safety two. These sound like classes you may take in high school, like mathematics one and mathematics two. But in fact, safety one refers to traditional rule-based safety systems that are designed to prevent accidents and injuries by identifying and mitigating hazards. Safety one systems are based on predefined rules and procedures and rely on sensors and other devices to detect those potential hazards and then activate safety mechanisms to prevent harm. Safety two, on the other hand, is a more modern approach to safety that focuses on creating a culture of safety within an organisation. Instead of relying solely on those rule-based systems, Safety 2 emphasises the role of human factors and organisational culture in preventing accidents and injuries. This approach involves creating a safety culture in which all employees are actively engaged in identifying and mitigating hazards and in which safety is integrated on, into all aspects of the organisation's operations. Now, we can't finish the episode without a special mention to the names that companies give personal risk assessments. You know, these are those little pocket-sized books that are designed to make you stop and think prior to commencing a task. I've seen them called all sorts of things. From SLAM, which stands for Stop, Look, Assess, Manage, to Take 5, which is about taking five minutes to think and do a quick risk assessment, which is also similar to Take 2. There's also Take Time and Switch On, which is pretty self-explanatory. And another one I saw was Stop, which stands for Stop, Take a Breath, Observe, Pull Back and Practice. So that brings us to a close of our second episode. I know that I've not covered all of the health and safety jargon and terminology that gets used on a daily basis in our industry, but we did get through quite a bit. 
What's your view on health and safety jargon? Is there too much of it? Do you have a favourite word or a term at all? And if you do, why don't you share it with me on LinkedIn or email it through to me at leadingsafely at outlook.com. Until next time, stay safe.